Hello and welcome in to Season 9, Episode 3 of Maroon and Bold. I am your host and sports editor, Austin Chastain, alongside in the Zoom call with staff reporter Christian Boer and multimedia slash podcast editor Ben Ackley. And Christian, how are things going for you? Uh, I think, what, week three of the, of the fall semester, everything going well so far, man? Yeah, man, so far so good. And, you know, we've we've passed the honeymoon phase of the classes. It's time to get in and start working on projects and even, you know, to a lesser, you know, exams already, kind of written exams. So we've settled in now and we're past the honeymoon phase and it's time to go. You know, how about you, man? How are you doing? You know, right there with you, man. It's it's time to just go grind it out, you know. That's how, that's what we do. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's definitely been uh, been a challenge, but um you know we're taking it one day at a time that's pretty much all we can do at this point but um last last week we kind of did like a a little bit of a different topic i guess um where we had a list of top five moments in games in cmu history um of course some honorable mentions in there but um i kind of wanted to try that again it seemed like you know kind of worked really well so we're going to try it again uh this week and next week um this week we are going to take a look and before i before i tell you what we're going to do it's probably already going to be in a title but you know whatever uh cmu came out with with its um hall of fame class of 2020 uh headlined by sue guevara margo yonker dan lefevre joe staley katie simon and um, Tyler Stovall. Tyler Stovall, thank you. Sorry about that. My 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 brain just completely skipped out right there. Um, so we're going to kind of come up with our own CMU Hall of Fame. I guess the maroon and the, the maroon and bold Hall of Fame, if you will, in the next two weeks. So this week we're going to take a look at the top five student athletes in CMU history. And then next week, we're going to take a look at the top five coaches in CMU history. Just, I totally just dropped that on Christian, by the way. Yeah, he, I like no, it. He had no like idea. <laughs> so that's, that's what we're going to do this week. We're going to start with, with the players. Um, I've got five and a couple of honorable mentions. I believe Christian has five and um, – yes. Potentially some honorable mentions again um, with 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 this with these lists like we did last week. I have no idea what Christian has written down. He has no idea what I have written down. So um, it could either lead to some to a surprise or really boring discussion. <laughs> I'm hoping that it's the former of those two, not the latter. So Christian, go ahead and start us off. What is your number five? We're going to save number one for the end. Right, right. I'm not going to go backwards this time. I got but you. But number five, uh, women's basketball. Um, you know, the first Central Michigan WNBA draft pick, Crystal Bradford, comes in at number five for me. You know, she's a star, and I think that she's one of the big reasons why the program is where it is today. You know, she was a part of that. She wasn't a part of the team that went to the Sweet 16, but she's – you know, she played in an NCAA tournament. She won a MAC tournament title. Just a really good all-around player, you know, doing pretty well for herself professionally and ranks pretty high, you know, in all sorts of different stats, you know, scoring, rebounding. She doesn't top the charts in any of those, 
Um, which, you know, you could talk a little bit about Presley Hudson and Raina Frost. I know there's kind of some recency bias there. So I decided to maybe not go with them for the recency. We can talk about them a little bit later down the line. But I'm going to go with Bradford at five because she, I feel like she was the tone setter for the program and is kind of the reason why it is where it is today. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. Um, and we'll talk about, we'll talk about Crystal again. She's, not necessarily on my list, but we'll, we'll talk about her again um, here shortly. But yeah, I, I definitely agree. So we'll start with my number five. Um, I, you know, I could almost guarantee, I wanted to pick, I wanted to go with one pick that I was sure, I was almost positive that you wouldn't pick. She, I just mentioned her a little bit ago, Katie Simon on the gymnastics team. And I say that she's one of, she's one of the best top, one of the top five athletes um, because, and maybe it was just the, the, the back end of her career, but the, the last two years of her career at CMU were fantastic. She won four individual match championships in 2009, her junior year. And then she won three more in her senior year in 2010 and helped. And she was named Mac gymnast of the year in 2010. And she helped CMU helped lead CMU to, the overall Mac, the team Mac championship and she qualified for regionals twice um, while also leading CMU to national regional, um, I guess, tournament um, to the NCAA tournament, excuse me, to the, to the regional round. My brain just shut down right there. Um, so, and, and her career best scores in the all around vault and bars are still, within the top 10 in school history. And I mean, she graduated a decade ago, right? Well, I guess nine and a half years ago, whatever you want to say. Um, so kind of that, um, not just, just her ability to keep her name in the program as long as she has um, in terms of, of the record book. That's, that's, that's really impressive. And, and like I said, seven individual Mac championships, and in two years, that um, means you're a pretty damn good athlete, if you ask me. Yeah, for sure. That's dominant enough in my book. Holy cow. You know, those are some dang good numbers, regardless of what sport you play, to be a champion that many times. It's like, wow, you know, somebody's sticking out there. Uh, I'll start with my number four now, and we're going to take it to the football side of things. And this is a guy that many people don't really know about, but – you know, you look at the numbers, and he's, he's tops in receiving yards, receptions, touchdowns. Titus Davis. Titus Davis is number four for me. Um, not many people are going to talk about him when you talk about some of the best athletes this program's ever had, but statistically, he's one of the best without a doubt. You know, his teams weren't necessarily very good. I know he kind of turned it around towards the end of his career. He had to suffer through a couple of three and nine seasons. But you talk about the bar being set immensely high by – Antonio Brown and Brian Anderson and Titus Davis came in here and over his four years, he shattered all their records. So I think that you got to give credit where credit is due with him. Uh, like I said, the winning, the program wasn't necessarily at the level where it was with Brown and Anderson and Keto Pobla and all those guys, but Titus Davis was just as good, probably better than those guys. And that's why he's going to make my list ahead of like an Antonio Brown and a Brian Anderson and that's just taking all the on-field stuff into consideration because obviously Brown was electric and Brian Anderson was as steady as they come along. But 
in terms of numbers, Titus Davis tops both of those guys, and that's why he's number four. Yeah, no, I, I like that pick a lot. Um, again, not like you said, not somebody that a lot of people are going to talk about when it comes to you know the greatest athlete at CMU. Um, we we actually talked about him last week too. I, I literally just before we started recording this podcast, I listened to last week's podcast, and um, yeah, and we we had talked about Titus Davis uh, with the the 2014 Hail Mary in the uh, mm-hmm. Bahamas Bowl. He went and uh, stretched himself out and, and scored scored uh, scored the touchdown to uh, bring the game to within a point. But uh, he scored four touchdowns that day too. Yeah, a lot of people are only going to talk about the last one. He had four touchdowns in that game he like I said program record in all those different areas he's I mean in my books that's an incredible career regardless of what level you're playing at if you can come in and set basically every record you can that's that's pretty incredible in my book yeah and, and you know you can beat you know you can take down the record of a guy like Antonio Brown who has one of the you know who's I think 35th all time in um, receiving yards in the NFL, he's he had a pretty um, statistically sound career in in the NFL. Well, more on him later, um, but yeah, you know, I, no, I totally agree. Titus Davis definitely um, belongs in that conversation, and you know, um, it's a good pick. I like that. Thank you. My number four. This this. So we were talking about Crystal Bradford earlier. This was where I was really torn. My number four is Raina Frost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, recency bias. Yeah, I'll, yeah, okay. I'll give that to you. Um, but I think the numbers do speak for themselves. Um, you know, she leads the Mid-American Conference in career rebounds with 1,526. She ranks fourth all-time in CMU scoring with 1,794 points. Um, and just in her senior year alone, um, she set single-season records in points, scoring average, made field goals, and she was just 10 shy of um, Julie Roberts' record in the 1979 and 80 season with 449 rebounds. What really, and, and you know, I'll kind of focus in on, on Raina's senior year. Um, her, her rebounding ability, of course, we, we all knew that she can rebound the basketball really well and that that was her strongest asset of the game but her senior year she added a shot she added a jump shot and those jump shots turned momentum so often when CMU needed that boost and I mean it carried I mean she she and Presley and you know obviously you can argue a lot it's it's a team game but a lot of those momentum swings came from Raina Frost and I think that's kind of what carried them so far um, you know, carried them all the way to an out-large bid in the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, like I said, her jump shot was fantastic, and her inside game was just even better. She, you know, she's able to just put the ball on the floor and and get around defenders like it was nothing, and kind of kind of like a like an almost like a scoop shot, like a like a, kind of like a like a hook shot almost. And um, you know, anytime that went up, you knew it was going in, and you know, her her physical toughness out there um she, she kicks some ass out there and it was uh definitely impressive to watch um i did hear that she's not playing anymore actually uh she had just signed a deal over in italy um and one of the local tv stations here in mid michigan um reported that um she's actually no longer playing 
Uh, she decided, you know, just to hang it up. Uh, coronavirus is kind of obviously it took a huge toll in Italy at, at, at first. And she decided, yeah, yeah. we're um, not, uh, she's, she decided not to not play anymore. So, you know, um, if, you know, she happens to be listening, Rain, if you happen to be listening to this round of applause on a hell of a career and, um, you know, obviously checking at, num- checking in at, at number four, uh, in, in our, I guess in my list, um, of, uh, top five CMU athletes. Yeah. And I had the pleasure, the privilege of talking to Raina when this whole thing was going on for a story I did about the pandemic and she outlined that whole process for me, you know, you're standing in line waiting to go into the grocery store because there's only a certain amount of people that can go in. You're boxed up in your houses. People are communicating with each other through the window. Just sights and sounds of that was just crazy. And just listening to her um, tell me a little bit about that was like, wow, you know, this is what it was like in other areas. Cause obviously, you know, living here, we know what's going on, but like in other countries that may or may not have been hit harder than us, it was just kind of neat to hear her side of that story. And, you know, like you said, props to her, hell of a career if she has decided to hang it up for good. Um, I know she's still young, so who knows, but uh, if, if this is it for her, you know, congratulations. Uh, I'll move on to three. And this is where, you know, you start to kind of nitpick a little bit and decide, okay, who's really, um, and, you know, I could go a couple of different ways with this, uh, but I am going to go with Dan Lefevre at three. Now, Chastain, you know me well. Uh, as a what? kid, I was a, I was a big Dan Lefevre guy, but uh, I kind of got schooled a little bit. My dad's a CMU alumni, and so I thought that maybe there were a couple of people uh, deserving to go a little bit higher on this list, uh, and Holy that's shit. why Dan Lefevre is three. Obviously, the numbers speak for themselves, all the accolades, all the awards, but there are a couple of guys that I think uh, deserve the place higher, and that's why Dan Lefevre is number three on my list. I am stunned. Yeah. I'm absolutely stunned right now. Yeah. Wow. I, okay. I, I cannot wait to hear your, your, your top two. Um, wow. That is unbelievable because I – wow. Okay. Huh. Why, 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 uh, okay. I, I'm going to ask you why you put Lefevre at three when we get to two and one. So yeah. that'll be a kind of a backtrack question. Um, and I, I think, know- I think it'll make sense. I think it'll make pretty good sense. I think there, there's a, a variable that sticks out between Lefevre and the two guys ahead of him. Uh, spoiler alert, two guys ahead of him. And okay. what they were able, kind of able to accomplish that maybe he was not necessarily able to do. I mean, he played in a couple of, gray cups over in the CFL, but that's from a professional standpoint. And plus there are some guys with some serious accolades that I, I mean, growing up, I, I didn't necessarily get to the privilege to watch the two guys on, at the top of my list, but here are things about him. My dad, obviously, like I said, CMU alumni, he's kind of spread the word to me. And I think that it'll make sense. It'll make sense. All right. All right. I'm looking forward to it. So we'll go to my number three. Um, and if this guy made your list, I'll be a little bit surprised, but not really. Um, I'm going to go with sugar, Melvin McLaughlin, 
Mel, Mel, wow, Mel, Melvin Sugar McLaughlin. Wow. I couldn't speak right there. But, um, yeah, I mean, Sugar was really – and I didn't get a chance to watch him play. I mean, um, I was born in 1997, so I didn't have that opportunity to see him play. But, um, you know, just from, from pictures and, and from accounts from what people have, have told me, um, you know, he's, he's one of the best scorers in CMU history. I mean, he – I mean, he was making three-point shots before three-point shots existed in basketball, right? Um, he finished with 2,071 points um, in his career. And if the three-point shot had been instituted in, in that, I mean, that that total would be significantly higher. I mean, he was making 28, 30-footers. Like, it was his job. Um, I mean, he had, you know, a career full of accolades and incredible shooting. Um and and another thing, maybe he didn't have the the professional basketball impact that maybe some you know would argue. But away from the game, I guess away from him playing the game, um, he organized the, the Sugar McLaughlin All Stars, which is like a kind of like a high school program um, to showcase some of the best high school talent. Um, I think high school and college talent, maybe. Um, and it, they played against college teams. They actually played against CMU, um, which which is fun for him, which was, I'm sure was fun for him. Uh, he's a member of the nine, 1993 CMU Hall of Fame class and uh, the Grand Rapids Sports Hall of Fame class of 2005. Um, first team All-Mac in 1981 and 82, and he's one of four Chippewa men to win the Mac Player of the Year, which he won in 1982. Um Going back to Raina Frost for just a hot second, um, she also won Mac Player of the Year 2019, one of four now to do so. Um, but anyway, Sugar, um, yeah, Sugar checks in at number three uh, I, on on my list. He still leads the men the men's program all time in scoring. Uh, Presley Hudson leads, I guess, every Chippewa basketball player. Um, all right, so there's my number three, Sugar Christian. You're number two. This better be good, okay? If you're putting Dan LeFevre at number three, number two and number one have got to be good. Yeah, so number two is actually being inducted into the Athletics Hall of Fame with LeFevre. It is Joe Staley. Joe Staley, a guy who, you know, people say offensive linemen aren't athletes. This dude was an athlete. You know, set some records running track uh, in high school. School, I believe it was Rockford High School, and he comes to CMU as a tight end. And then, uh, if you haven't read uh, our former coworker Evan Petzold's piece for the Detroit Free Press about how he kind of made that transition to offensive line, I suggest you check that out. Um, and basically, you know, the coaches sat Staley down. He said you can either be a decent tight end or you could be a all-American offensive tackle and get picked in the first round and being a team dude, being an unselfish guy, he took that role and ran with it. And first round pick, 13-year NFL career, I think that kind of speaks for itself. And so that's why I think that he um, – is he a better athlete than Dan LeFever? May I mean, it goes both ways, man, being that big of a dude and still being able to move as quickly as he did and stay healthy for so long. I think that that's kind of impressive on its own. So Joe Staley is my number two. Chastain, you're number two. Man, okay, I okay, I can I can get behind I can get behind Staley. Um, 
being the second guy. I can get behind that. Um, that that makes sense. Um, my number two is this. This one might this one might stir some controversy. My number two, Antonio Brown. Whether you, whether you like the dude off the field or not, that he was a hell of an athlete. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah. it still is. I mean, you know, we don't know if he's still playing in the NFL or not. I, I don't know. But I when he was he here, does. Uh, uh, he doesn't know. No, no does. I don't know. No. Um, but when he, he was here at CMU, I mean, he was a phenomenal athlete. Um, you know, appeared in 41 games for CMU, uh, hauled in 305 catches, just one yard shot at 3,200 yards, uh, 22, 22 touchdowns. And he, he was an integral part of that um, framework to lead that 2009 team to the MAC title, um, not only in the receiving game, but his, his return game, his, his special teams. Um, I think he was a better return man, honestly, than, than a wide receiver. I mean, obviously made, made a lot of noise in the receiving game, but his return, his returning ability was, I think so much better. And I think that's, that's what set him, um, apart and ultimately I think that's what got him drafted yeah he was in the sixth round but um but ultimately that's what's got him drafted I think um you know here at CMU he had three punts returned for a touchdown two kickoffs returned for a touchdown and then makes his way to the NFL plays in 131 games and possibly counting not sure um hauling in 841 catches, 11,263 yards, like I said before, 35th all-time, 75 touchdowns. Um, and in the special teams game, which they utilized, the Steelers utilized him uh, in, in the special teams um, early on in his career and not so much in recent years. Uh, but he's brought back four punts and a kickoff return for a touchdown. Fun fact about Antonio Brown, um, in terms of the return game, can do you know what it is? Uh, yes, because uh, you like to reference this stat a lot, and it's the fact that he's the last one to run back a punt. You got it. You got it. Yes, I, I, I refer to that stat a lot, um, and I don't know why. But it's yes, cool. It, it is pretty cool. And, I mean, it's been it's – been, well, it, it'll be 11 years since Chippewa's brought back a, a punt for a touchdown, um, which is – mind-boggling to say the least you know we you've had you've seen quite a few stronger turn men uh, Khalil Pimpleton actually actually ran a ball back to the end zone last year uh, I think it was against Eastern Michigan but it got called back uh, Toledo Toledo oh, is the it. Toledo game oh yeah. that's right that's right it was the Toledo game um thanks for reminding me about that yeah and it, it got called back because of a penalty and then I think CBU went and scored in like three plays or something ridiculous yeah. like that so, uh, turned out to be, turned out to be, you know, all for naught. But yeah, Antonio Brown checks in at number two for me. All right, Boer, let's hear it. Who's your number one? All right, yeah, uh, I'm gonna just cut right to the chase. Number one is Thunder Dan Marley. Uh, Dan Marley is number one. Uh, he was there at the same time my dad was there, and. You know, just kind of chatting with him a little bit. There was no environment like the men's basketball games when Dan Marley was was there at CMU. Um, 
when when Central was kind of releasing their non-conference schedule for this year and the Wisconsin game came up, I just happened to – I was working on a, a piece for my blog about, you know, the history between Central Michigan and Wisconsin. And Central Michigan actually beat Wisconsin when Dan Marley was, was here. And so I was able to go back and look through some of the CM Life, old uh, CM Life story for that. And it was kind of neat to see them talking about, you know, the coach – at the time and Dan Marley talking about the environment, how McGurk arena was rocking. And I think that that's something that maybe on the men's side is kind of lacking these days. I can't say the same about the women. I mean, they, they, the turnout at the women's games are incredible, but on the men's side, you know, it's, I don't think it's the same environment I was as it was back then. Obviously, you know, winning helps and maybe the, the men's basketball program isn't in the same kind of shape as it was when they were winning the Mac title back in the uh, late eighties, early nineties. But, yeah, Dan Marley's going to be number one. Obviously, the numbers he put up at Central speak for themselves. Then he went on to have a pretty nice NBA career, you know, in Phoenix. Kind of got a little bit of guff for going at Michael Jordan in the most recent Last Dance documentary. But, yeah, Dan Marley edges out Lefevre and Staley for the number one position. I like it. Before I name my number one, and I feel kind of – I feel bad for not, not asking you about this um, – uh, any honorable honorable mentions that that you have? Yeah, I got a few. Yeah, right. I got a few. So we talked about uh, Presley and Reina a little bit on the women's basketball side. Obviously, um, a couple of guys on the men's basketball side. Braylon Rayson, uh, he had an incredible tenure at Central Michigan. You had the one year of Marcus Keene, but you know you had four solid years of Braylon Rayson uh, from going and his freshman year playing for the MAC tournament title, and then as a senior running it up with Keene. Um, and then you had uh, David DeLeo, who just graduated this past year. He had an incredible four years at CMU as well. Um, and then football, uh, you got a couple of big guys up front. Eric Fisher, another guy I want to mention, uh, just because I like the way he sounds on the radio. Brock Gutierrez went on to have a pretty nice NFL career for himself as well after a good four years at CMU. Brock, if you're listening, uh, shout out to you. Uh, you do a wonderful job on the radio, obviously. and. Uh, a heck of a career at CMU as well. So those are some of the honorable mentions I have. Um, you know, you got to give some love to the linemen up front. And then Brown and Brian Anderson as well for uh, football. And also Zerlon Tipton, a running back, um, you know, around the same time as Titus Davis. So, yeah, a lot of guys. Cooper Rush is another one. The list goes on and on. Central's been fortunate enough at basically every sport to have athletes who are just incredible at what they do. Yeah, um, you know, a couple couple of those names, you know, kind of, I don't want to say escaped the mind, but. Um, oh, yeah, I yeah, I think that it definitely is that way. You know, you don't always think of these guys when you think of the best of all time because of just maybe when they played or the team may not have been very good, but certainly good athletes all around. Right. Um, yeah, and, you know, it's, um, you know, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what else. I wanted to say there, but you know, guys like like you said, like like DeLeo, um, obviously the the Mac leader and in, in three point three pointers made in a career, obviously mm-hmm. the school the school leader, uh Cooper Rush had a an illustrious career here at CMU. Um some of those other guys at, right there with you. Um my I, I, I picked out five guys to name as my honorable mention. Um I went with with Marley as my as my number one honorable mention. Uh, Chris Kamen made my list as well. Yeah. Um, another another NBA guy, Marcus Keene. 
Can yeah, you... I mean, he only played here for one year, but I mean, he he's he he he's incredible. He's a blaze. He was incredible, and and he's he's had some success. I mean, I, you know, his team um, sideline cancer just what a couple what two months ago, I think, um, made the final of the basketball mm-hmm. tournament, uh, the TBT, um, one of the first you know sporting events to come back to America, I guess. Um, <laughs> So and he he played he played really well there. He had a lot of showed showed a lot of what he showed here at CMU with with the incredible scoring and oh. incredible passing. Um, and then uh, lastly, Joe Staley and Eric Fisher made my list as well uh, for honorable mentions. Um, both in- incredible interior linemen, um, both at CMU and in the NFL. Obviously, Fisher, the only MAC player to be taken number one overall, um, won a Super Bowl all kinds of accolades going his way. Yep. My number one, and honestly, I am not shocked that we, or I am shocked that we did not have the same number one, and I don't think you're going to be shocked by hearing my number one, but I'm going to go with Lefevre as, mm-hmm. as my number one. Um, you know, I, I put on, on, my, on my sheet here that he's one of the best quarterbacks to don the maroon and gold. He's one of the best players ever to yeah. wear the uniform. Um, you know, he, the thing was he could do it. He could make plays with both his arms, both his arm and his legs. I mean, he scored 150 touchdowns and and his hands and his hands too. receiving touchdown. He had a receiving touchdown. That's right. Uh, 102, 102 passing touchdowns, 47 rushing touchdowns. And then obviously the one catch, um, he holds still holds Mac records for total offense, passing yards, TD passes, uh, completions and attempts. Um, Owns 11 career and single season records at CMU, um, but I, I I think the the biggest thing that sets him apart and that puts him at number one I think is that he was a four year starter and three out of those four teams won MAC championship in 06, 07, and 09. The success that he led the team to I think may so. So yeah, he he was an incredible athlete. He could make any play, and like I think we talked about, did we talk about this last week? Um, that yeah, we talked about it last week. That Lefevre could just take control of the offense and yeah. and impose help, you know, lead the offense to impose its will against any defense. Um, but I think the leadership that that Lefevre showed um, in his four years is just. It was impeccable, and uh, I think that's why I I put him at the top of my list. Um, the ability on the field and the leadership that he could um, that he showed, and yeah, I I don't think uh, that needs any further explanation. I like that pick. How 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 do we feel? How do we how, how do we feel about each other's lists? Lushers, I think. I there were a couple of names on there that I neglected. Melvin McLaughlin, I think, was the one that I neglected to mention. And then obviously I didn't bring him up in the honorable mentions because we you had already talked about him. But I think that was the one that I kind of I kind of missed the mark on. But like you, you mentioned, Katie Simon, who was incredible. Um, Antonio Brown, you know, like he, I think you said that pretty well. You know, off field, whatever aside, he was he was phenomenal at CMU on the field. So we're talking athletes and his name definitely deserves 
that recognition as well. So I think that you put your list together well, man. I give you props. Yeah, right back at you, man. I, I again, I, I don't, I don't know if, if you were able to hear my shock that Lefevre was at three, but, um, but yeah, no, I, 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 I liked your list. Um, you know, obviously, think Lefevre might might have been able to go number two. Um, you know, that's 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 my that's my only gripe is, uh, you know. Fever could have gone one one tick higher on the list, but eh, I won't um, won't give you too much crap for it. But um, but yeah, we'll um, we'll continue kind of the the Hall of Fame series, if you will, here on Maroon and Bold next week uh, with the top five coaches in CMU history. That one I think is going to be even more interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, student athletes come and go, you know, they're here for four or five, maybe even six years, depending. Um, let's face it. They're usually here for three or four years and then they go on to play professionally. And, I, and I'm thinking, especially like in the eighties and the nineties, early two thousands, CMU was a great place to be for a coach. Yes. Now, now it, it might, you know, especially in football, uh, it could be seen as, you know, a stepping stone to, you know, either jumpstart, you know, to jumpstart a career or to revive a career, uh, depending on, you know, who you're thinking about. Um, but looking back at the coaches, you know, I think that's going to be really interesting because most of them are around for more than, you know, four or five years. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to next week's episode. I think, um, I think, t- I think today's episode went really well, and I'm, I'm like I say, I'm really looking forward to next week. Any, uh, any final thoughts before we wrap this thing up? No, sir. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. Stay safe out there. Uh, take care of yourselves, and you know we'll 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 get through we'll get through this pandemic together. I, I promise. Um, keep an eye out uh, on CM Life social media and my my social media as well. Um, kind of have the um kind of a little little something uh in the works for saturday uh what was supposed to be the season opener for cmu um in terms of football so keep an eye out for that uh at as always you know make sure you follow along with us on social media at cm life sports at cm life on twitter um you can find christian at c boer underscore you can find me at chastain aj and on Facebook, make sure you find us at Central Michigan Life. And as always, follow along for your top-notch Chippewa coverage at cm-life.com, as well as all other coverage around the campus. And lastly, make sure you follow along uh, with all of our other podcasts here at Central Michigan Life. We have a little bit of a variety of podcasts now, um, you know, a couple of different topics that we're able to discuss. And obviously able to stick around with maroon and bold so other than that thank you guys again so much for listening we'll talk to you again next week when we meet again